Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Friends, if we say we are without sin, we're only deceiving ourselves. Let us now come together, be honest with ourselves, with each other, and God, and say together the prayer of confession. As we say the prayer of confession, at the end of each statement, I will say, please, and I invite us all to say together, forgive us, God. Let us pray. God, for the ways we exclude others from your table, please forgive us, God. 
for the ways we give certain guests the best food. Please forgive us, God. For the ways we attack others before we even try to listen. Please forgive us, God. For the ways we over and over again fail to love our neighbors as ourselves. Please forgive us, God. And now, God, hear our silent prayers. Friends, the good news is that we don't control the table. We don't control who gets to sit at it. Christ does that. And the word that Christ speaks to all of his dinner guests is forgiveness. We are forgiven, called to forgive. We are loved, called to love. Let us live in peace with God and one another. Amen. And now, now I would like to invite the family of Benjamin Lee Santana to come forward receive the sacrament of baptism. Friends, this morning, Crystal and Edgar present their son, Benjamin Lee Santana, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today, we proclaim boldly that Benjamin is a recipient of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God claims him as God's own and welcomes him into this family of faith. We are encouraged because at no stage of life are we truly separated from Christ and the bonds we have with one another. Benjamin, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents, your church family, and God are with you always. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. He said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember that I, your God, am with you always to the end of the age. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ. We are joined in Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. Let us remember with joy our own baptisms as we celebrate this sacrament. Got some questions for Crystal and Edgar. Having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach that faith to your child? And to the congregation, all those gathered, friends and strangers alike, do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, support, and nurture Benjamin? Through words and actions, with love and prayer, will you encourage him to know and follow Christ and empower him to be a faithful member of the church? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. To follow your son, to follow Christ, is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. When the world seems hard to Benjamin, when the church, his parents, his friends, and family mess up, we give thanks that you, God, do not. We give thanks that your presence will not leave him, nor will it leave us. We thank you for this water of baptism. Let it seal your child and welcome him into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. I've gotten a little bit better at holding babies. <laughs> what is the Christian name of this child? Benjamin Lee. Benjamin Lee. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, uphold Benjamin by your Holy Spirit. Give him the spirit of goodness as he faces the issues of this world the spirit of love towards all the strangers and friends he will meet, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the spirit of joy knowing that he is your image bearer, called to shed his uniquely beautiful light unto the world. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. The water may dry, but the promise does not. Benjamin has been welcomed into this family of faith and I encourage you after the service to welcome him and his parents as one of our newest siblings in Christ and members of Downtown Church. Hallelujah. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. We're continuing with our sermon series of looking at characters on the margins, and today we are looking at two sisters, Mary and Martha. Hear now God's word to us today. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to everything he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, 
Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. My grandparents' house had a kid's table. Y'all might know what I'm talking about. On, on special occasions like Christmas, Thanksgiving, or birthdays, when like the fine china would come out, the kids were put away. When the adults and older cousins went off to sit in these high-backed mahogany chairs along a nice, freshly groomed kitchen or dining room table, the four youngest cousins would go slouch around this little oval table in the kitchen. I liked the kids' table. It wasn't bad. We would get our own tray of Sister Schubert's rolls. While our parents talked about the Bush-Gore election or this new thing called the internet, we would talk about Pokemon. It was pretty fun. I loved the kids' table. We could be ourselves. We would get up and leave and play hide-and-go-seek when we were finished with our plates. The kids' table was a place of comfort. Tables matter. Y'all mind if I sit down? It's one of those questions where almost 99% the answer is going to be yes, but if for some reason it's not, it's going to be really awkward. Luckily for me, on that morning at 6.30 a.m. in the fellowship hall of First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, two guys named Rainbow and Richard said, sure thing, tall man, join us. Rainbow and Richard were two of the nearly 300 men who ate at the church's prayer breakfast every Sunday. Men, most of whom were experiencing homelessness, came and were served a hot meal. It was a community of Atlanta's most vulnerable. They would learn about the church through this weekly meal. They began to trust the church and were able to receive help, resources, clothes, a mailbox, counseling, healthcare, bus passes, and more. It all began with breakfast. It all began around tables. From every Sunday onward, I would sit with Richard and Rainbow over buttery grits and really mediocre coffee. We laughed. Rainbow would hold up his beat-up King James Bible and grill me on Old Testament trivia. Richard told me stories about his life. I remember him telling me how one of the hardest parts of being homeless was just being lonely. We became friends. Rainbow, still living on the streets, died of COVID this past year. And I got to speak with Richard on the phone yesterday. He's now a regional manager and was proud to tell me about the ways that he is volunteering in Atlanta and about to buy a house. These circular plastic folding tables were places of connection and hospitality. Tables matter. No, it was less of a table and more of a nightstand. 
After all, it was the middle of the night when I was called into the room of a patient who I'll call Jane. Jane was an elderly patient with a long list of heart problems. She was also born a man, but as a 65-year-old was transitioning into a woman after decades of struggle with her identity. Earlier in the day on my rounds as a hospital chaplain, I had made her acquaintance. Now, many hours later at two in the morning, the nurse in the cardiac intensive care unit called me and told me that Jane requested to see a chaplain because she couldn't sleep and had never touched her dinner. I walked into a dark room where Jane was seated up in her bed on the verge of tears. She unloaded years and years of grief. A nightstand was all that stood between a suffering soul and an overwhelmed 24-year-old seminary intern. Not knowing what to say, I picked up a Bible on her nightstand and turned to the wisdom found in the Psalms of Lament. I wanted to give Jane words to express her sadness, which are found all throughout the Bible. And the Psalm read this. It said, I am an object of dread to my friends. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have become like a broken vessel. Jane said, dang, that's pretty fitting. She wiped back tears and I laid the Bible down. Tables can be places of truth, lament, and empathy. Tables matter. The picnic tables at our rental house in Montreat had seen decades of butts, feet, and dirt. Marked with graffiti reading, John was here. Now, I don't know who John was, but I knew our crew. Our amazing crew of 15 high school youth who gathered around these tables just two weeks ago. Y'all, these were the tables where Anna Catherine scared the neighbors by sharing off her surprising ability to make goat noises. Where Rachel and Kennedy gave each and every one of us a nickname and had us on the floor laughing. Where Potter, Cam, and Joseph recapped the most epic plays in their recent game of Spikeball. Where Cole and Michael and Wood would plan out their next early morning jog. Where Rebecca, Chase, and Margot admitted that they felt closer to God and were sad to have to go home. Where every single one of them picked on me. Y'all know it's true. Where strangers became friends. Tables have a way of breaking down our boundaries and these false walls that we build up to form community. Tables matter. And I say this because tables mattered to Jesus, they mattered a lot. All throughout the Bible, Jesus prioritizes eating with people. One of my New Testament scholars argues that of all the stuff that Jesus did, 
what really got those in power upset was how he ate his meals, how he broke the norms with who he ate his meals with. After watching Christ eat with a smorgasbord of people, the Pharisees say, why is it that he eats with tax collectors and sinners? Meals back then, as they can be today, were an opportunity for the head of a household to show off wealth, to exemplify class. Archaeologists have unveiled that ancient Near Eastern houses would be set up without doors, with large openings so that as you're walking by, you can easily see who the patron, who the head of the household is having dinner with. Tables mattered. And of all the tables in which Jesus chose to dine at, he came to Mary and Martha's. And their dinner table was a mess when Jesus came knocking. Their weeks and weeks of unopened junk mail, all from Spectrum, was laid out on their dining room table. A basket of unfolded laundry that you were gonna do while they were binging a show was there. And then there were all these Amazon boxes and bins on top of it precariously laid out. The dishwasher hadn't been unloaded. There were half empty coffee cups scattered around the house. And Jesus comes knocking. And when that happens, Mary and Martha head in two different directions. Mary welcomes Jesus and he sits at his feet, acknowledging him as teacher, as a friend. And then Martha, Martha is overwhelmed with Jesus and she gets to work. She's chopping vegetables, she's kneading the bread, she's pouring the wine, picking up the mess. And ultimately she's getting angry with her lazy sister. Martha walks into the living room and confronts Jesus, saying something similar to, excuse me, Jesus, don't you care that Mary left me all alone to do the work? Jesus' response shows that he doesn't want Mary to go work with Martha. He wants Martha to come sit with all of them. It was sitting around the table with Jesus that mattered. It took me three years working with the Appalachia Service Project to learn this lesson. ASP is a nonprofit that provides home repair in rural West Virginia and beyond. And all day I would go from house to house, project to project. I would drop off materials. I would instruct volunteers on various home repair projects. And I would stir myself into a frenzy of everything that needed to get done. And Johnny's house was especially chaotic. We had multiple things happening. There was a new roof going on, a wheelchair ramp. We were reinforcing his sagging kitchen floors and removing and replacing moldy drywall. And so as I'm pacing around the house, looking at every nail and screw, inspecting it for quality, Johnny, sitting in his wheelchair, says, how about a cup of coffee? Worried about all my tasks, I reluctantly said, sure, Johnny, sure. 
We then sat on his porch for close to an hour. I heard his story. I heard his testimony of Jesus' work in his difficult, difficult life. I made a real friend that day. But it took me putting down my distractions and sitting at his little porch table to do so. Jesus isn't criticizing hospitality or the work ethic shown here by Martha. Rather, I think Jesus is asking us to rethink what is important when we sit at his table, when he is the host. Martha cared about her table. She cared about the tasks, how the house looked, how the food tasted. Important things, yes. But Mary cared about Jesus. Mary cared about showing up fully to be open to the inbreaking of God's kingdom, which can happen when we share meals with strangers and friends around tables. Tables matter. And this table, this table matters the most, more than the kids' table at my grandparents, the nightstand at Rex Hospital, the plastic foldic table at First Presbyterian, and that graffiti picnic table at Montreat. Even more than that little porch table in Bluefield, West Virginia, and more than Mary and Martha's messy table many years ago in Bethany. Because Jesus shows that it, us that it doesn't matter what tables look like. It doesn't matter how neatly arranged the placemats are or how expensive the wine is. What matters to Jesus is that we choose to sit. That we choose to be with him and be with one another. Jesus tells Martha that there is room for one thing. And friends, that is to proclaim that Jesus is our Lord. And when we do that, only good fruit can grow from a table rooted in Jesus. Today we proclaim that Jesus is the host. We proclaim that at this table, there is nothing we can do to lose our spot. And there is nothing we can do to keep others away. For each and every table we sit at, and for our ultimate cosmic host, Jesus the Christ, thanks be to God. Amen.
is God's table, it's not yours or mine. Come to the table of peace. Come to the table of love. Come to the table of love. This is God's table, it's not yours or mine. Friends, this is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to this table. Come to this table if it scares you. Come to this table if you've never been allowed to come. Come to this table if it's your first time or your millionth time. Know that you are welcome. The downtown church doesn't sit at the table, at the head of the table. I don't sit at the head of the table. Jesus does. And we are all welcome. Please join me in the great prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord be with you and also with you. We lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right, O holy God, to give our thanks and praise to you, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. We thank you for your son, Jesus the Christ, how he chose to dine with us, how he chose to walk into our crazy lives, our messy houses, and bring a peace that only he can offer. God, be with us as we consume this bread and partake in this wine. Let, us fit, let it fill us up to go out and do your necessary work in a world that so desperately needs it. And we praise you, God, joining our voices with choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Before I read the words of institution, there's a few logistical concerns as we're doing things a little bit differently today. In a moment, but not yet, some elders will come forward and there'll be communion stations here, right there, and then closer to the outside. You're taking communion today by intinction, meaning we shall come forward to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. At each station, there will be two elders, both of whom are fully vaccinated, holding the bread and wine. I invite you to come forward with open hands. Do not reach for the bread, but have your hands open and the elder will place it there. It's a gentle reminder that we never have to reach out for God's grace. It is always given to us. You're then welcome to dip the bread in the cup and return to your seat. He's outside. You'll come outside and return inside. 
At each station, there will also be a basket of individually wrapped communion wafers and juice, if you feel more comfortable consuming that way. The bread is gluten-free, and the wine is non-alcoholic. Friends, this is Christ's table. All are welcome. Come and eat and see that the Lord is good. On the night before Christ would be portrayed, he gathered his friends for a meal. And he had them all around the table, and he gave thanks, and he took the bread, and he broke it. And he said, friends, this, this is my body, and it's broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. In the same way, he took a cup, and he took wine, and he poured it out. He said, this cup holds the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Whenever you drink from this cup, remember me. Friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim Jesus's saving death and his saving resurrection until he comes again. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for this table. We give you a special thanks for those fearless scientists and doctors who have worked on vaccines and medical research that allow us to come to this table together. God, let us remember the bonds that are formed at this table need to go out into the world, that we need to create tables that mirror your invite list. We need to create tables of discomfort, of tension, of justice, of empathy, and of curiosity. God, let this bread and wine fill us up to do your work in the world. And all God's people said, amen. Precious Lord, Take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am low. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead 
announcement uh, following this service. For the next two weeks, Downtown Church goes on a thing called Recess. If it's your first time ever hearing this, it's two weeks where we don't hold service. We'll have online resources, videos, music, old sermons, and invite you to discover God in a new way, whether that's going to another church, going on a walk with your family, or sleeping in. And then we'll meet back here on the 18th of July. I believe that's a Sunday. If it's a Sunday, please show up. (laughs) Friends, the table is what Christ calls us to. The table, this table and every other table you might find yourself near. So I encourage you to find tables of diversity where diversity leads to compassion and compassion leads to justice and care. And friends, go out into the world and love God and love people. May the spirit of God And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds until we meet again. Friends, go in peace.